Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Mondo Show. I cannot wait to share my special guest with you today. You know, life feels like a mess right now. America, some people say, is a mess. Our culture is a mess. But what if a mess can turn into a message? And more than that, what if there's a miracle behind the mess that we're seeing in our culture today? You know that the Bible talks clearly about the times that we're in right now. And if we don't learn to recognize the times and the seasons that we're in right now, we may miss the miracle that is behind the messes that our nation or culture as a people we're in right now. My special guest today has written a brand new book. You've seen him on Fox. You've seen him on CNN. You've seen him on TBN. They start. This man is all over the place. And today he is here with us on the Mondo Show to talk about the brand new book, Your Mess, God's Miracle. The process is temporary, but the promise is permanent. I want you to help me welcome my special guest. He's an author. He's a best-selling author. He's a pastor. He's a voice for the Latino community. He's a man that believes that today we can experience God's miracle through the mess that we're in right now. Please help me welcome the one, the only, <laughs> Pastor Samuel Rodriguez. Welcome to the program, sir. You're amazing. I love you, and you're my hermano. Here we are for such a time as this. Come on. Oh, man, listen, every interview I watched you, I just want to jump on the screen and scream with you because you bring so much hope in the midst of the probably one of the most craziest time that America has ever seen. Yeah, it's officially been categorized now, Mondo. This time, it's officially been deemed as the cuckoo for Cocoa Puff time. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I got I to gotta ask you this before we get started with your book. Yes. I have admired you from afar. I have seen you in stages that only a few people can dream about. Yet, you're the same guy on stage as you are off stage. What makes Sammy Rodriguez Sammy Rodriguez? The grace of God, man. Come on. It's just 1 Corinthians 15, 10. By the grace of God, I am what I am. So I don't drink my own Kool-Aid. I mean, I know who I am in Christ <laughs> and who Christ is in me. And I know that it's all, and it, it, it sounds like rhetorical humility, but it isn't. It really is 100% God. 1 Corinthians 3, 11. It's all built by Christ. Colossians 3.11 for Christ. So I know, Mondo, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, right? So the moment I don't walk with holiness and humility or with integrity, the same God that gave it can easily take it away. So I don't drink my own Kool-Aid. I wake <laughs> up in the morning. I speak to God. I love my Lord. I love my family. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned. I'm going to be honest. Hey, I live in California, friend. <laughs> right? <laughs> So, oh, man. I see. You, you know what? You know what California is, right? Oh, it's where America sees the devil show up first. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I I grew up in East LA, California. You're in Sacramento, so I I see what you're saying. Yeah, so that's the way. That's what guides me every single day. And I am I am convinced, no joke. And you referenced it in the beginning. I believe the mess will become a miracle, and even America's mess. 
is about to become a miracle. And that's not wishful thinking. We're about to see it. Listen, I got to ask you this before we get started with your book, because the Latino community in America has become a very important community, yet it is faced with so much challenge with or brothers crossing the border illegally or brothers coming by the thousands illegally. How do we solve this problem, Samuel Rodriguez, Reverend Samuel, Pastor Samuel, because... Because I believe that God has a plan for our people, but yet things are getting complicated at the border. As a pastor, as a minister, what what words do you have of encouragement of how do we understand the border situation? Mago, great question. I gave, I, I was working with President Bush when we were working on immigration reform. When I was working with President Obama for eight years, Uh, we also presented something for immigration reform. When I was working for President Trump over dinner, I literally gave him a plan. And then he brought me in to negotiate between the White House and Nancy Pelosi's office. It's it's real simple. You talked about our brothers and sisters. And it's not even thousands. Over six million, Mondo. Six million in the past few months. Six million. So what am I, since Biden became president, so let me, let, let me lay it out for you. We don't want our brothers and sisters coming over illegally. I will repeat that. We love them enough that we want them to respect the rule of law. We love them enough that we don't want their children to be sexually molested, raped, coming over the border. We love them enough that we, wanna, we don't want to empower the cartels. The cartels are in charge of bringing people over. The cartels are making all the money and sexually exploiting little boys and girls. So we love them enough that we don't want any more fentanyl coming over. We love them enough that we don't want any more spies from nefarious countries that want to do us harm coming over. So we love them enough to tell them, please come here legally. If you live in a country where you believe you're suffering persecution and you're seeking asylum, do it the legal way. Go to the embassy, go to the consulate in your country, apply through the right paperwork, do your, your deliberation, your, your, what is called deliberation, right? Your due diligence, but come here legally, not illegally. We need to stop illegal immigration right now. It is wrong. It is illegal. It is immoral. It is anti-Christian and anti-American. Pastor Sam, you know, you've been involved with different presidents, and it seems like when President Donald Trump came into office. The Latino community took offense on words and 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 one and then when when Hispanic leaders stood with him, there was a split in our community. What do you say to those that saw you standing with President Trump after <sighs> saying what he said? What do you say to them when you stand into next to a president that offended a community of the Mexican community, us as Latinos? Yeah. And then we saw you standing with him. What message did, did you bring? What message did that send to our people that said, hey, wait a minute, if, if this guy, Pastor Sam, is standing with him, there's got to be a reason. Let's listen yes, to this yes. reason. Yes, there is a reason. First of all, I stood next to President Obama in 2008 at St. John's Episcopal Church and participated in his inauguration process. It, it was the private ceremony. So I was there. Uh, by the grace of God. By the way, by me standing next to them doesn't mean I voted for them. I can tell you off the bat, Pastor Sam Rodriguez is 100% pro-life. 
So if that candidate is not pro-life, I would not vote for that candidate. With that being said, I was there for Bush, I was there for Obama, there for Trump. Why did I stand next to Trump? When President Trump, in his campaign, when he was candidate Trump, businessman Trump, New Yorker Trump, he made some terrible statements regarding immigrants. If you look at my Twitter account, or if you go back and do a Google search on articles, I condemned him for that. I would go on television on CNN and Fox and say, no, not good. Matter of fact, not only is it not good, let me tell you why you're off. So I did that. When I first met him, we had a conversation about that. And we, we had a, a very transparent exchange. I'm going to tell you why I stood next to President Trump. All of a sudden, Donald Trump, when I met with him in New York and then established a relationship with him, he looked at me and said, Sammy, he would call me Sammy. He would say, Sammy, you know, contrary to popular belief, I love the immigrant community. Matter of fact, I love the Latino community. And I go, that's not what people hear. And some of your tweets are not lining up. And he goes, listen, I'm going to tell you why. He started laying out a lie. He said, you guys are people of faith and people of family, and you're the hardest workers in America. You represent what America should actually be and what America used to be. I go, wow, say that more often. So then we saw a shift in, in his rhetoric. Go through it. Matter of fact, Mondo, at the, at the end of the 2020 campaign, do you remember President Trump, what he would say about Latinos? He had a campaign stop in Arizona and Texas. He would say, I love the Latino community, and the Latino community loves me because Latinos are people of faith and family and hard work. The Latino community is the future of America. A big shift from four years, five years be be before, right? So why did I stand next to President Trump? Because he did more for our religious values, our faith values, our Christianity as it pertains to protecting our religious liberty than any other president in my lifetime. Because what did he do for life, the Supreme Court? Come on. What he did for life, he's saving millions of Latino babies. Millions of Latino babies. So think about that. Religious liberty, pro-life, biblical justice. And Mondo, you and I both know what happened in Venezuela with with Chavez and Maduro, what what happened in Mexico, what happened in Nicaragua with Ortega, in Bolivia, in Ecuador, and even Argentina, now Brazil with Lula, Cuba, Fidel Castro. You would know. What what do we know about these things? Communism is anti-Christian. Socialism is anti-Christian. Donald Trump believes that government is not God. He said it. Government is not God. That's why Samuel Rodriguez said, you know what? I'm going to go beyond his rhetoric. I want to see his actions. His policies did more for Latinos than any other president since Ronald Reagan. The Latino middle class blew up under Donald Trump. How about that? Latino unemployment went down to its lowest level. Google it, please, under Donald Trump. More Latinos went to college under Donald Trump than ever before in American history. Our income went up. College degrees went up. Home ownership went up. Unemployment went down under Donald Trump. So put his rhetoric aside when he was running. He shifted that, by the way. He put that aside, and I I attempted, hopefully we were successful, not just me, but in helping him frame a new narrative regarding immigration. Where even on immigration, he is now saying immigrants are a blessing when they come here legally, not illegally. You know, Pastor Sam, I admire you for one reason. One, because you still hold truth of what a pastor should be in the public square. I believe today, and I've always believed this, that the church is the foundation of our community. Pastors should be influencing the public square. 
I believe that your voice influenced him on shifting the decisions of how he spoke about a community that believes in family values, a community that loves God, a, 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 a community that believes in working hard and striving to do even better. I got to ask you this because as part of your mess, God's miracle, right? And if you need this book, it's for one reason only, is to spark the idea in your life that whatever your mess is in your life, God is going to turn it around and put a miracle in the midst of the messiest situation. I'm talking about a divorce. I'm talking about you losing your job. I'm talking about you being canceled. I'm talking about you, whatever is going on in you, in God, in you, in, in the middle of the night when you're watching porn, God has a miracle in your life. Come on. Listen, it's time for us to be real. It's time for us to accept the fact that we are messed up, broken, bruised, and disgusted. But yet, Pastor Sam writes about that God has a miracle in every mess. Why did you have to write a book like this and challenge me? I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in my family. I've seen it in my generation. I've seen it in my community. And I see it in my nation. I see the fact, I love the way you just phrased it. We all have messes. Come on. Whoever is holier than thou and tells me, I've never been through a mess. Please give me a call or DM me because I want to worship you. <laughs> We've all had a mess. All of us. John chapter 9, Mondo triggered this book. In John chapter 9, Jesus finds a man who was born blind. Born blind. Jesus comes along and engages in a very unorthodox, facilitative methodology to exercise an executive miracle. What does he do? I don't recommend this, by the way. He spits. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Jesus spit. <laughs> he performed a miracle with spit. I mean, praise God for allergy season. He spit. He took his spit, combined it with dirt from the ground, made it into a mud ball. Spread it on the man's eyes, which is arguably the first double-blind study in the Bible. Double-blind study. I'm here all week. So he spreads the mess, right? Now, let's go back a little bit. He spits. What's in the spit of Jesus? His DNA. Jesus took his DNA, the DNA of the Son of Man, the Son of God, the Word made flesh. Watch this. Literally, that's not a metaphor. He took his DNA. He combined it with dirt from the ground. What did God make man out of? Genesis 2-7, the dirt from the ground, the original blueprint. Watch this. He takes his DNA, connects it to the original blueprint, places it on the eyes of a man who was born blind. In essence, this is what he's saying. Watch this. With your eyes, you can't see anything. With my DNA, you're about to see my glory. With your DNA, you're a permanent victim. With my DNA, you are more than a conqueror. With your DNA, you live in perpetual trauma. With my DNA, you will have a powerful testimony. With your DNA, you're going to make excuses. With my DNA, you will make history. God wants to connect every single person watching right now to his original plan for your life. In God's original plan, you were not a drug addict. In God's original plan, you were not addicted to pornography or fentanyl or alcoholism. In God's original plan, your family was not dysfunctional for multiple generations. In God's original plan, you are blessed and highly favored. You are the righteousness of God, the apple of God's eye. So get ready because you don't have just the spirit of Jesus. You have the spirit of Jesus, Romans 8, 11. And because you have the spirit of Jesus, his DNA, his spiritual DNA is in you. You're about to see your mess become God's miracle. Your family mess, 
your home mess, your financial mess, your physical mess, your relational mess, even your generational mess, even America's mess is about to become God's miracle. Wow. Listen, if you're watching right now and you just tuned in, you're hearing, you're watching the author of your mess, God's miracle, the process is temporary. The promise is permanent. It's Pastor Samuel Rodriguez. Chapter 2, you write, your mess is the soil for God's miracle. How do we learn to bless our mess, Pastor Sam? Because it feels like when we're going through it, we're, we're, we're in the middle of this divorce. We're in the middle of this catastrophe, in the middle of crisis. We see Chicago. How do we bless that mess that's happening in Chicago? How do we bless the mess that's happening in Washington, D.C.? Can you teach us how do we find a blessing? How do we bless the mess that we're in right now? Jesus took his spit and he combined it with the dirt. Here it is. You have to give God access to your dirt before he gives you access to your destiny. You have to give God access to your dirt before he grants you access to your God-ordained destiny, which means we have to give Chicago to God. We have to give our current cultural, social, political melees to God. We have to give this issue of gender identity and gender fluidity to God right now. We have to give this sexual reality struggle in America about what is sexuality, what is permissible, what is not to God right now. Everything that is dirty, that is messy, that is in a conundrum, an angst, a, in a state of perpetual consternation and flux, we have to surrender it to God. Give God access to the dirt, and he will grant you access to your destiny. Regardless of how dirty it may be, give him access to your dirt. He will give you back destiny. Pastor Sam, I, I've heard you say this in other interviews and I want you to elaborate a little bit more about what you believe this move of the Holy Spirit taking place in places like Asbury, <laughs> Kentucky, and in yeah. Santa Monica. People, thousands of people gather at the beach yeah. seeking. What is the difference between young people right now at this stage and this culture right now where we're faced against wokeness in the church? pastors really becoming more motivational speakers and coaches than ministers, but yet the young people today are hungry for God. Can you elaborate what you said on yeah. other interviews about yes. how this is the perfect time of God's miracle? Yeah, you, you listed in a very persuasive way, Mondo, perfectly stated. You're right. Right now, because we are sacrificing truth on the altar of political expediency, because pastors and preachers are not preaching biblical truth with love because they're afraid of being canceled and they don't want to lose followers on social media. It, it, it is the reason why we are in our proverbial slippery slope. With that being said, something's happening. Ah, something's happening. What do I mean? Let me show you the proof. We began the year with a football player, NFL football player, dying on live national television. He dies, Damar Hamlin. Two football teams coalesce around and begin to pray. They pray, and with medical intervention, this young man comes back to life, resurrected. The next day, an ESPN anchor does what? He begins to pray on national television, interrupting the program, never been seen before. Immediately thereafter, the same demographic deemed as the most non-Christian demographic in America, by Gallup and Pew, experiences a visitation of the Holy Spirit. Like God says, I never got the memo. What? Generation Z doesn't like me? Well, really? Watch me show up. So God shows up in Asbury, Kentucky. 
Young people can't stop praying, worshiping, repenting, and reading God's word. Then what happens? A movie called the Jesus Revolution movie, my friend Greg Laurie, they were expected to make about $7 million, over $50 million in box office receipts. Then what happens? Churches come back to pre-COVID numbers. The largest Easter Sunday in American history thus far just took place. Did you hear that? Churches were just beaming. People are hungry. We're supposed to lose 30% of after COVID, never come back. All of a sudden, they're coming back in droves. What's happening? God is up to something. Watch God show up. And I know, Mondo, people will say, hey, Sam Rodriguez, we're living in the last days. What are you talking about? Things are going to get darker. Things are going to get worse. I've read the list in 2 Timothy chapter 3. I read the list in Matthew 24. Thank you very much. Don't DM me. I haven't memorized. In the last days, people will become lovers of themselves. We call that narcissism and happy accounts on Instagram. In the last days, people will deviate from their natural desires. We call that the state of California. So I know that it's happening. But there's one more last day promise. Are you ready? Woohoo! I love this one. In the last days. God said, he never said, I might, I may, or I wish to. He said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. White flesh, black flesh, Latino flesh, Asian flesh, Native American flesh, all flesh. We are about to see more people come to Jesus than ever before in American history. We are about to see an awakening that will make the Jesus movement of the 1970s look like a dress rehearsal. Get ready. Watch God show up. Woo. Listen, I want you to get the book right now, Your Mess, God's Miracle. You can go to pastorsam.com. Get the book. It is filled with powerful, I want to tell you, it's powerful scripture, not just stories. I, there's a lot of books that just give you a lot of stories. This is filled with scriptures to help you understand that what is impossible for men for God, everything is possible. Listen, I know it looks very dark out there. We preach about it. We talk about Matthew 24. Yeah, we quote it. But yet the greatest moment is when you start seeing the prophecy that young men and young women will prophesy. I want to tell you something. If there was ever a time where we need young people marry with older people, meaning we need the wisdom of the old, the strength of the young to be able to endure to the very end. We have to understand that God's miracle is involved in your mess. Pastor Sam, I cannot let you leave the program without you sharing the gospel, meaning share the message of salvation for that man that is watching in California, for that woman that is getting ready to commit suicide in Louisiana, I want you to pray for us right now, Pastor Sam, as we leave the air, because the greatest hope we have is to know that we are made right with God, to know that we have repented from our sins, that we have turned to him and humbly asked for him to guide us. Will you pray for us? Indeed, give God access to your dirt right now, and he will give you access to your destiny. Just repeat after me, Heavenly Father, I am a sinner. I am messy. My life is messy. My now and my next completely look messy, but you are the God that will intervene in my now and transform my next. I give you my life. Jesus died on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins. And you, Heavenly Father, raised him from the dead to give me eternal, new, and abundant life. I receive that life right now. Jesus, I give you my mess. 
In return, thank you for the miracle of salvation, deliverance, and healing. Only in the person of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. Receive that right now. Because if you did, listen carefully, your mess just became God's greatest miracle. I want you to get the book today. Get it for yourself. Start learning the scripture. Start learning about the miracle that God has for you. The book is titled, Your Mess, God's Miracle. The process is temporary. Sometimes we get stuck in the process. We drown in the process. We get melancholy in the process. We walk away in the process, but yet we forget that the promise is permanent. I want to thank you for watching today, and I want to thank my special guest, author, producer of great movies. Not only that, he's an author, best-selling author, but not only that, he's, he's so much more. He's a man after God's heart. I've watched this man from afar. I've known people that know him personally, and I can tell you that if there's a voice out there in the public square that we need to hear from, it's Pastor Sammy Rodriguez, and I got to tell you this, pray for him. Pray for his church. Pray for the Sacramento Kings. They're in the playoffs right now. They need help. <laughs> but I want to leave you with this scripture because I believe that God wants to heal your heart, but you also have to understand that your situation may look impossible, but this is what God has to say to you about your impossible situation. This is what he says in the book of Mark, and I want you to know this message is for you. With men, it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. I got to go. But remember this, no matter what you're going through, keep the faith. It's going to be all right. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. This month, I'm offering this coffee table book entitled Jerusalem Rising. A friend of mine, Doug Hershey, put together an amazing book of before and after of Jerusalem and is going to give you an insight of this beautiful city. I want you to watch this video and I want you to go to ptlshop.com slash mondo, gift it to someone, put a smile in their face, shift their atmosphere from a frown to a smile. I'm Doug Hershey, author of the best-selling book, Israel Rising, Ancient Prophecy, Modern Lens, that looks at the revival of this land and combines an ancient prophecy, regional history, and stunning then and now photo comparisons. I'm pleased to announce a second volume in the Ancient Prophecy, Modern Lens series, a brand new photo book, Jerusalem Rising. In Israel Rising, we looked at the physical revival of this land. In Jerusalem Rising, we looked at the prophesied restoration of this city and why it has arrested men's hearts through the centuries, even in its desolation. To have a closer look at all this city has endured, I've obtained the oldest photos of Jerusalem ever taken, some from 1844, 1850s, and 1860s, even into the early 1900s. With an Israeli adventure photographer, we went back and recreated these angles, some for the first time ever, to show how the dramatic changes are happening in this city. See the evidence for yourself. Listen, I need your support today. The PTL Network is giving me airtime to air this program all over America, and I'm getting letters and receiving messages, and your support means the world to me. I'm just an ex-gang member that fell in love with Jesus and wanted the will of God for my life. 
And here we are today, reaching the world through this program. Visit ptlshop.com slash mondo. Stand with us today. Be with us. Stay tuned on the next program of the PTL Network on what God is doing around the world. I got to go. Bye-bye.